Welcome to Sunday Sermons from the Williamsburg Community Chapel, brought to you by the Chapel Podcast Network. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14, and I'll read key verse 12 for us now, as we hear from lead pastor Travis Simone, as he closes out our Lenten series in which we have been fixing our eyes on Jesus the Forgiver. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. I was coming off of the beach last summer on Ocracoke Island, North Carolina, when I saw out of the corner of my eye a small jeep attempting to go up an embankment. I thought to myself, you've got to stay steady on the gas. Stay steady on the gas. Give it some gas or you'll get stuck. And this little Jeep bottomed out there, uh, bottomed out on that embankment. And I thought to myself, oh yeah. Because every man longs to do battle against two things. We long to do battle against nature and against machine. And a stuck vehicle on the beach allows you to do both at the same time. My two brothers-in-law were in the vehicle with me. I didn't even have to say anything to them. We just kind of looked at each other and nodded. It's go time. And so we head over to this this Jeep, and there was a woman and and her her children. We said, ma'am, don't worry. We are going to get you out. It wasn't a very heavy vehicle. We, we first tried to, to push the Jeep out. And when we couldn't push the Jeep out, I said, ma'am, don't worry. We've got some shovels. And we tried to dig the Jeep out. We actually tried to dig the Jeep out two different times, going deeper and deeper around every tire to get the ground a little more firm. And we could not dig it out. I said, ma'am, don't worry. I have a toe strap. And now is when it really gets exciting. And you hook up that toe strap. I see men, I see men out there nodding their heads. Oh yeah, the toe strap is coming out. So the toe strap comes out, we hook it up, and I drop my vehicle into that four-wheel drive low gear, and you kind of hear that ka-chunk. And the the truck kind of settles down a little bit lower and I start to pull this Jeep out. I notice the entire body of the vehicle is moving, yet the we- not one wheel is turning at all. So I-, I stop, I get out, I say, ma'am, do you mind, could I sit in the front seat? Could I attempt to drive your Jeep? She says, sure, no problem. And I look around and I notice... She has the emergency brake on. (laughs) Now, I I wanted to be frustrated. I I wanted to be mad. I wanted to say, you know you can't pull a car out of the sand with the emergency brake on, don't you? I wanted to say, ma'am, help me, help you take the emergency brake off. I didn't say any of that. Because the truth is, I've been stuck before. The truth is, I've been in need of a rescue on the sand before. And the truth is, we all know what it feels like to be stuck and need to be rescued. We've all had stuck relationships. 
Some of us have had stuck marriages. Some of us have stuck relationships with our children. We've all had stuck emotions, things we just can't get past. Stuck schedules, stuck habits. We've all been stuck in patterns of destructive behavior. And no matter how hard we push and no matter how deep we dig, we can't unstick ourselves. And we all know in life there's no magic lever that you can just go click, put the brake down, and all of a sudden everything is okay. By definition, we can't be our own rescuer. In John 21, we meet some stuck people. We meet a group in need of rescue. And the surprise is the group in need of rescue is Jesus' own disciples. He appeared to them on the first Easter morning, crucified and now alive, executed and now resurrected. After two resurrection appearances, Simon Peter looks at the other disciples and says, I'm going fishing. And the other disciples say to him, great idea. We'll go too. They're stuck, stuck waiting for clarity, stuck without food, stuck in their old way of life when the firstborn of the new creation has just walked right out of the tomb. They're stuck having seen the resurrected Jesus, but not having understood the meaning of the resurrection. Gone fishing, you can write in your Bible if you want, equals e-brake on. They've put the emergency brake on in their life and they've just said, we don't know what else to do. But Jesus wants to reveal something to his disciples and to us, all of us in need of rescue. There's a word that gets repeated three times in our passage. It gets repeated twice in the first verse. It says, after this, Jesus revealed himself to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. And then if you go down to the last verse of our passage, verse 14, it says, this was the third time that Jesus revealed himself. It's as if John is begging us to ask the question, what does the resurrection reveal? Verse four, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered, no. And Jesus says, well, then cast your net on the right side of the boat. And the, the nets are filled with such a great quantity of fish. We learn later that they can barely row the boat to shore. The disciple whom Jesus loved realizes what's going on. And he says these four words to Peter. It is the Lord. What does the resurrection reveal? The resurrection reveals the rescuer. The resurrection reveals the rescuer. And in our passage, 
we see just how many things Jesus rescues his first disciples from and just how many things he longs to rescue us from when we put our faith in him. The rescuer rescues us from our weariness, our weariness. Remember that night, they caught nothing. They've been working all night long. How discouraged they must be. How tired they must be. Jesus calls out to them, and notice what he calls them. Children. This is the only time in all four Gospels that Jesus refers to his disciples as children. He just referred to them earlier the Gospel of John, as friends for the first time, not as servants, yet now he calls them children. It's as if Jesus is saying, in the midst of your weariness, children, do you long to crawl into the arms of your mom or your dad and just rest? Do you long to be a child taking a nap in the security of your home again. You see, their weariness is met by the, uh, by the rescuer's abundance. The net is so full, they can barely haul it in to the beach. The rescuer rescues them from their hunger. The disciples have labeled with, labored without food. As the sun rises, they are looking forward to a day that will be constantly interrupted by hunger pains. And their hunger is met by the rescuer's provision. Notice that as they land on the beach, bread and fish are already broiling over a charcoal fire. This is in addition to the 153 large fish that are still in the net. That number 153 is, is likely the preservation of an eyewitness who was just so astonished by what happened. The eyewitness actually took the time to count the fish, 153 large fish. And Jesus says, I don't even need those. I rescue you from your hunger with my abundance. The rescuer rescues them from isolation. It continues to challenge my mind that, of, that out of all of the things Jesus could have said to his disciples, in this moment, the one thing that he says to them is come, have breakfast. See, their isolation is met by the rescuer's invitation. God is not some far off source of consciousness. He is sitting at a table inviting us out of our isolation into relationship with him, hear this, the God of the universe wants to enjoy a meal with you. The rescuer rescues them from their blindness. All throughout the gospels, the disciples struggle to understand the identity of Jesus. In Mark chapter four, after watching him calm a great storm, the disciples just look at each other and they ask the question, who is this? Who is this that can calm storms? Earlier in the chapter, they saw Jesus forgive sins. Who is this? We 
we've been spending all this time with him. We don't even know who he is. The disciples' blindness is met by the rescuer's revelation of himself. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They didn't need to ask him. John tells us they knew. They knew it was the Lord. He revealed himself to them in the midst of their blindness. And the rescuer rescues them from their failure. After the passage that Bill read for us, Jesus pulls Peter aside. says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? More than these what? I think as you read the passage, you can see and if you, read, if you read the whole Gospel of John and know what happened before this, you can see Jesus is saying, do you love me more than these other disciples, Peter? Because Peter had told Jesus that if all the other disciples fell away, he would be the one that would remain strong. And after denying even knowing Jesus two times, Peter cannot bring himself to tell even a servant girl that he is one of Jesus' disciples. The third denial comes as Jesus is being led into the very courtyard where Peter is denying Jesus, sitting around a charcoal fire. Peter and Jesus lock eyes. The Gospel of John is clear about this. They actually lock eyes in the courtyard in that moment. And after they lock eyes, the Bible tells us that Peter left and wept bitterly. How could he ever get past that look? The look in Jesus's eyes, the hurt in, on Jesus's face. How could Peter ever get past that moment of failure, his sin, Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Peter's pride that he was stronger than the others led to a hard fall. Peter's failure is met by the rescuer's grace. Jesus' question, do you love me more than these forces Peter to confront the pride and sin that led to his failure. Peter professes his love for Jesus, but this time he does not say it is a love more than these. He simply says, I do love you, Jesus. He's been, he has a more sober understanding of his own self now. Then right when Peter expects a rebuke from Jesus or a stern, I told you so. I told you sin leads to death. And guess what? It was my death that it led to this time. Peter doesn't hear any of that. He hears, feed my lambs. There are three total questions from Jesus to Peter. Transforming his threefold denial into a threefold profession of love for his Savior and a clear calling repeated again three times. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. You may call yourself a failure, Peter. You may feel like a failure, 
but the resurrection reveals the rescuer. I have rescued you and made you a faithful shepherd. The rescuer finally rescues us from giving our lives to lesser things. Peter was about to spend the rest of his life fishing. And after Jesus gives him this great calling, he says, you are going to glorify me, not just with your life, but even in your death. Peter is met by the rescuer with a grander vision for his life than he could ever imagine. A grander vision that includes glorifying Jesus, not just in life, but even through death. There's a podcast that I enjoy listening to. It's called How I Built This. It's also a radio program on NPR. There's a man named Guy Raz, and he interviews people who have started, who have started businesses on their own and built them into multi-hundred million dollar companies or oftentimes billion dollar companies. And, and Guy Raz asks fantastic questions. I was particularly struck by his interview with Kenneth Cole, the great designer and, and, and shoe salesman, designs, uh, designs high-end men's shoes and, and women's shoes and accessories. And, and the story was so gripping how he started the company and how ultimately he needed cash to, to build more stores, so he took the company public. But he didn't like what taking the company public did to how he had to market and the decisions he had to make. And he decided to take the company back private, which cost him hundreds of millions of dollars. He put himself in all kinds of debt to bet that the company would be better again as a private company. Guy Raz, the interviewer, says, you must find a lot of meaning in what you do, Kenneth. My jaw dropped as I heard the honesty of Kenneth's response. I always sought to find ways to make what I was doing as meaningful as I could, but shoes are not in and of themselves meaningful. And here's where it gets really honest. Nobody needs what we sell. If every shoe store in America closed its doors tomorrow, at 12 o'clock, studies have shown hardly an American would go barefoot for 15 years. A man put himself hundreds of millions of dollars in debt for something he admits nobody actually needs what he's selling. We all need to be rescued. Even Kenneth Cole knows we need to be rescued from giving our lives to lesser things, from weariness, from the hunger that just won't go away, longing for something more in life. We all know we need to be rescued from isolation, blindness, failure. What do you need to be rescued from this morning? Remember, the resurrection reveals the rescuer. What's your response to the rescuer? As Jesus stands on the shore and cries out to you, hear his word to you, child, have you caught nothing? What's your response?
as I was attempting to pull the Jeep out from the sand and Ocracoke, the tow strap was hooked up between my truck and the Jeep. And another truck, quite larger than mine, pulled up alongside me. I told you, trucks stuck in the sand are like a magnet for men. And a guy got out, and he looked at me, and he said, look, when this doesn't work, I love that. He doesn't say if this doesn't work. He said, when this doesn't work, I've got a winch on my truck. I'll get the job done. And I think this is how many of us approach our own stuckness, our own need of rescue. We just try to get a stronger winch. We think if we can just get enough torque on that thing, we are going to be able to pull ourselves out. You can try to build your own winch. All of us have at one point another or another in our lives. But I promise you, one day you will come to life's final unsolvable problem. It ends. And one day we will all have to take the journey. As Shakespeare put it in the play Hamlet, to the undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns. And there is no winch strong enough to pull you back from that country. There's no winch strong enough to pull you back from death. And so if digging and pushing and winch building will never let us self-rescue, let me ask the question again. What is your response I believe Peter and the disciples are useful guides. Honestly answer Jesus' question, do you have any fish? If the answer in your heart is the same as the disciples, it's so simple, they just say to him, no. Then do what the disciples did and head for the rescuer even if you have to throw yourself into a sea of unknown next steps, head for the rescuer. Even if you feel like you are rowing against the wind of your pride, head for the rescuer. Even if you are hauling what feels like is unbearable guilt, head for the rescuer. Because Jesus is the one who headed for you standing on that beach. Jesus headed toward you by heading toward the cross. He took on the full penalty of our sin. He paid our debt with the currency of his blood and made the way for our rescue. Jesus headed toward us by heading toward the grave. And in the resurrection, he defeats the ultimate enemy of sin and its consequence, death. And so when we ask, what does the resurrection reveal? We can answer with confidence. The resurrection reveals Jesus is the true rescuer. Will you head toward the rescuer through faith in your heart right now? Let me pray. Oh Lord Jesus, I pray now we would be putting down the oars 
putting down the shovels, that we would stop the winch building in our lives and we would confess that we haven't caught anything on our own. Lord Jesus, we place our faith and trust in you. We declare with the disciples, it is the Lord. You are the rescuer. You are revealing yourself to us even now. You are heading toward our hearts even now. We open them to you in this moment as we proclaim the glory Thank you of for your joining us today. Rescue Here at the Williamsburg Community Chapel, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus by meeting people wherever they are spiritually and physically. If you'd like to learn more or connect with us, follow us on social media at WCChapel757 or visit our website, wcchapel.org. Have a blessed day.